Now it's time for Inspirational Women and my guest, Dr. Fane Fry, a nationally renowned dermatologist in private practice in New York. And as a result of her passion to help women see and know their true beauty and importance in the world, she's written the book, The Skin Care Hoax, to peel away all the smoke and mirrors and illusions that surround so many of the cosmetic products we find on shelf after shelf in the stores. Dr. Fry joins us to bring some very important insights. Dr. Fane Fry, good morning. Thank you so, so greatly for being with us this morning. Hey, thank you very much for having me. It's truly my pleasure. You are such an amazing and inspiring woman. I feel like, you know, this, uh, (laughs) I'm going to, this just came to me. It feels like this fountain of youth or just fountain of knowledge has just been opened in front of me and we're going to immerse ourselves in it. This incredible book, The Skin Care Hoax, how you're being tricked into buying lotions, potions, and wrinkle cream, it seems almost impossible in a way. Like, really? Is, Is it like that? But reading these pages and finding out about the information that are within the pages of this great book really is such an eye-opener and critical information for every single one of us. I hope people read it. I hope they get the underlying message. Um, I want to share what I consider to be, you know, information about a wonderful skincare industry, which I love and adore. It is an industry that really does make a lot of great products that are good for us. But unfortunately, it is um, this fabulous industry, in my opinion, has gone bad. I mean, with the marketing, it is just constantly giving women the feeling of inadequacy and sending mixed messages. And so I really felt it was important to to advocate for the consumer. And, and And I put it in the book. Yes, you do. It is so honest. I feel very even-handed, but very direct. You know, I felt like this curtain was pulled back. Like, okay, here, folks, just see what the real essence is that exists here. And the essence is simplicity is what rules, but we're being fed and immersed and just buried in tons of information about, as you said, the inadequacies of ourselves. Yeah, I think the book basically tells people what they already know, and maybe they just needed a board-certified dermatologist to remind them. I mean, a lot of really awesome, accomplished women, kind women, stay-home moms, working moms, really terrific people, and they somehow just feel inadequate because of these um, messages that we see. You know, I ask a lot of my friends and family, my mother never said to me, you know, Fane, to be really something special, you should use a serum. Or, you know, to really be a a quality person, you should use a cleanser and maybe follow it up with another cleanser. Um, I just don't think any of our mothers taught us this. This is a a, uh, message we are definitely getting uh, from a bombardment of marketing messages. Forbes says we get women here between four and 10,000 a day uh, messages reminding us that we need more, you know, about our skin. Um, And again, I just think I'm telling people what, they already know. Um, so I, I hope they get the book and I hope they enjoy it. And I definitely hope so too. Uh, the book is, is freshly out and available. And we can mention that on your website, we can order it directly from there if we so choose. Yes, the website um, it is available, uh, the book on the website. But the website was designed many years ago, again, to help consumers select quality skincare products without mortgaging the bank. 
Um, I should tell you, um, I don't sell any products personally, and nor do I have a, my own private line. I just feel the consumer, when they get to their drugstore and they stand at that wall of products, they're just overwhelmed with choice. And so we try to simplify the selection process. I do test products in my office objectively. We have a machine that we can actually measure hydration of the, of the skin with the machine. So we have an objective measurement of products that work. And those are the ones that we put on the website, um, also from brands that are nationally and internationally known. I think they have the best resources to make the best products for the best price. Um, and, the, and the resources to, um, again, they have scientists and, and environmentalists and chemists and the testing that is done. They probably do more testing than some of the smaller, you know, brands. Um, so that's why when people ask me, why do you use name brands? And, and that's why. I just think they have the resources to put out the best product for the buck that's a, that, that, that are available everywhere. So that was the reason why we did the, the website, Fryface, F-R-Y-F-A-C-E. And we can access the website. So for the book is one thing. Also to go do a questionnaire and find out what product is going to work for us. And of course, you know, putting, we'll get into this, but about keeping it simple. Yes. A lot of people are worried about exposure to all these chemicals. And I'm not telling you the chemicals are bad. Uh, We can, we can talk a little bit about chemicals because everything's a chemical and I don't believe a lot of these chemicals that are being used in skincare products are bad so to say but if you're concerned about them my answer would be don't use so many products there's no science that says you need them all um, so that's uh, it's a simplicity minimalistic kind of view but it is um, it does parallel healthy skin if you have a healthy lifestyle and the only really product that I think science consistently shows over and over that really benefits skin health in otherwise healthy skin is sunscreen um, and so that would be um, the one in product that I would encourage everybody to use. And and that really amazed me because I think of sunscreen just as, okay, I'm going to be going to the beach. I'll be out in the sun for most of the day. But you're saying, no, this is a daily regimen. Use your sunscreen. Yes. You know, I always use the comparison with dentists. I think dentists have done a great job when it comes to brushing our teeth. We get up in the morning, Kate, we don't ask ourselves, like, what am I eating today? Do I need to brush my teeth? Am I going to have sweets? Am I going to have a lot of carbs? Um, you just get up and you brush your teeth. You don't really think about your diet for the day. It's just, you learn that if you get up in the morning and you brush your teeth, and then you go to bed at night, you brush your teeth. This is just something you do. It doesn't require a decision. And that's what sunscreen needs to be like. The sun is shining 365 days a year. It does pass through clouds. If you're in a higher elevation, the higher the elevation you go, the more intense ultraviolet light. And so every single day you ought to apply a sunscreen um, 30 or higher on all exposed skin. Now, in the wintertime, I'm sure where you are also in uh, New York, there's not a lot of exposed skin. We're talking our face, our ears, maybe the back of our hands. So you don't even have to apply a lot. Um, so that's, uh, that is just a, a habit that I think is a good healthy habit to protect the skin. And when it comes to sunscreens, as far as a, a, a brand for that really is not as critical as the fact that it's an SPF 30 or 50. Well, once again, I, I recommend nationally and internationally known brands because, again, I think they have the resources to make the best products. Um, and they're affordable. There's no reason to spend, uh, you know, $150 for an ounce. An ounce is a shot glass. There's just no reason to do that. And if you're going to apply sunscreen and reapply it, uh, you're going to go through a lot of sunscreen in the summer. So to spend a lot of money on a bottle, uh, it, it becomes co- cost prohibitive. 
Um, so that's uh, also why I recommend sunscreens by you know name brands. And along with that, and it it's one of those things that seems just obvious, but I. I realized I needed to read it to really understand is lip balm that has the SPF in it as well, because of course it's, it's exposed. It's our skin on our face. Yes. We don't want to forget about those lips. They, uh, they get burnt. They get, uh, they get sun damage as well. So a, a lip balm with SPF is an ideal um, product to, to apply uh, all year round. And um, I encourage, I encourage that. So, very fundamental here is is using the sunscreen. So, and and you you discuss this in the book whether we put that on first or whether we put it on over a moisturizer because that's the second element of what is really important and beneficial is to use a good moisturizer. Well, skin functions optimally say when it is well hydrated. So, if you have dry skin, and you don't know if you have dry skin, it's flaky, it's dry. Um, it is beneficial to use a moisturizer. The skin will function better. And skin is an organ. It has a purpose, right? It protects us from the outside elements. It protects us from bacteria and fungus and allergens. It protects us from the, the sun's damaging rays. So the skin functions best when it's hydrated. So if you have dry skin, you absolutely should moisturize. Um, in the wintertime, uh, a lot of people have dry skin. They take off their pants and they see flakes coming off of their legs onto their pants. Uh, the face as well gets dry in the, in the winter. Sometimes in the summer, you may not need a moisturizer. If it's very humid in July, you may not need the moisturizer. So it is necessary when the skin is dry. Um, and I recommend using a moisturizer twice a day if the skin is dry. I put my sunscreen on the last thing I do. So before I leave the house, I put my sunscreen on. I do it after my moisturizer. There are people who recommend doing it first and moisturizing over it. I don't have any good valid science to show which one is better. Um, but I know that I moisturize first when I come out of the shower or after I wash, and um, I use my sunscreen afterwards. I've never had a problem doing it that way. Again, I like to be science-based, so um, I don't, again, have any science to prove what is ideal. But do apply a moisturizer if your skin is dry, and do apply sunscreen every single day on exposed skin. And the sunscreen is something that might be uh, you might need to apply more than once in the day. Yes, you know, sunscreen, most good reputable sunscreens are broad spectrum, which means they do, they, they do cover the whole spectrum of the sun, and many of them are water-resistant. They do stay on for quite some time. But, you know, in the summertime, and you're hot or you're sweating, um, certainly when you're on the beach and you're going swimming, you have to reapply it every two hours. So that's a little different scenario than just when you get up in the morning and you're going to work. I still suggest if you get a chance to reapply the sunscreen during the day. But, you know, Kate, life gets in the way, and not everybody can make their way to the bathroom to do that. Um, so that's even more of a reason why an SPF of 30 or higher, a water-resistant sunscreen should be applied. Because if you have it in your moisturizer, it's not likely going to last the whole day. Moisturizers are not usually formulated to be what we call time-tested. They're not, they're not uh, water-resistant, if you will, most of them. So that's what they do. People always ask me, should I use a moisturizer with sunscreen? Yes, it's better than nothing, but I recommend a full-blown sunscreen that's water-resistant. So I have a husband who does not like being out in the sun, and I was saying this to him, and he said, well, I don't need to use a sunscreen because I'm just not out in the sun. But you have words for people like that who say, oh, I don't, <laughs> I'm not out there, right? Well, does he, does he mow your lawn? Oh, yes. <laughs> And does he get the mail out of the mailbox? 
that too. Okay, does it maybe have a pet? Does he walk the pet? Does he ever go out and just, you know, thump her in the yard, pull the weed? I mean, the sunscreen is not just for when you're on a chaise lounge. Sunscreen is anytime you're outdoors near a window, UVA light passes through a window. If you drive in a car, it comes through the left side of the window. Um, so anytime you're outdoors and doing anything, going to the food store, going back to the car, going to the post office, back to the car, um, we're outside a lot more than we think we are, and that is all ultraviolet light exposure. And it adds up. It adds up. And any person over 40 can just look at their skin, compare unexposed skin, perhaps on their buttocks, or a woman can use her her, her breasts, for example, and compare that to the, the, the chest or the face, and you'll see a big difference in skin tone and texture. And I guarantee you that skin is all the same age. The only difference is sun exposure and not sun exposure. Oh, yes. So I would uh, tell your tell your husband that you're going to give him a sunscreen and put it in his stocking. If you, he'll be very happy. <laughs> That's right. And that's part of this conversation, too, you know, thinking of this season and, and what we can do in terms of gift giving, because sometimes it's like these wonderful packages of, oh, this, that and the other cream for morning, noon and night and in between. And, you know, it's only going to cost you two hundred and fifty dollars. And we think, oh, that'll be a, a, a nice gift for my aunt or for grandma or something. And, and you're going to say, no, just get a, a, a tube of, of uh, sunscreen. Tube, if you like, to spray. I happen to like the sticks. I, I'm a big proponent of sunscreen stick. I know not, I'm a runner, and in the morning I run, and I, I sometimes I put on a lotion and it gets in my eyes, and some of them do burn your eyes. Uh, the beeswax or the, the wax-based sticks, I find them fantastic. I, I you put them on you, you put them on like antiperspirants, but you put them on the face and the ears and the neck, the back of the hand. You never have to touch it, right? It comes, it's an application right from the product itself, right onto the skin. I love that, and. Um, I find them really useful. I, I use them every day, and it's just another option. Men t- seem to like the sticks better than the creams and the lotions. Uh, sprays are good, too, but you can't spray into the face. You have to spray on your hand and then wipe it on the face. Um, so um, I tell people, find the formulation you like. Find something you like. It'll, it'll work for you, and you'll be more apt to use it. And your skin will be ultra happy. Well, you know, people will fight this this aging thing and the wrinkle thing, and, and the sunscreen really is the best product on the market to prevent sun damage. That includes fine wrinkling and pigmentation and all those little imperfections that we spend so much time, energy, and money fixing. For, you know, that's a whole other conversation, but yes. sunscreen by far prevents um, better than anything else on the market, short of avoiding the sun altogether. Uh, so it's really the best, in my opinion, the best product um for skin appearance and skin health. It also prevents skin cancer. So so that's why it's uh, – and, and by the way, I think research is uh, um, supports what I'm, what I'm saying, and I would tell you that the overwhelming majority of my colleagues would support that, that comment as well. So one of the very basic things we do need to think of in terms of having good skin and to keep ourselves healthy that way is to really make sure we use sunscreen, you know, 365 days a year. Yes. I think if you want healthy skin, you have to understand that the skin is an organ of the body and a healthy skin parallels a healthy lifestyle because a healthy body is going to have healthy skin. Um, And to do that, sunscreen is something we can do to optimize skin health. Um, And the other answers, and we know them, it's not the sexy answer. It's not the quick fix. You know, it's the exercise. There's plenty of evidence that shows exercise is good for us. Um, good nights of sleep. There's plenty of evidence that shows adequate sleep, and there's more and more studies coming out that we, we, we that sleep is beneficial. 
uh, a healthy diet. I think everybody knows a healthy diet. I think most people know what, what nutrition nutrition is. Um, and the other thing I always add is laughter. Kate, I don't have a lot of science that proves it, but in my heart of hearts, I believe laughter and levity is really good for us. And like I always say, none of those things comes in a tube or a bottle. It's um, it's just it's it's good healthy lifestyle, and it's not the sexy answer. It's not the quick fix, um, but it is the right answer, and I think most people know it. And if we followed that versus thinking we're going to have a happy life because we buy product X, Y, or Z, then we're just not going to really reach that happiness level that we're aspiring to have. Well, I think the consumer has to know a few things about cosmetics. And I do know that the influences cosmetics have, you know, they, 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 Companies want to create demand. Look, skincare companies advocate for the skincare company and the shareholders, and they're a smart business. That's what they do. They want market share. It makes sense. Um, media advocates for the media. They want the audience. They want the ad dollars. It makes sense. But we have a product in skincare that cosmetics especially, which by law we did talk about this, but by law cosmetics can't really permanently change the skin structure or function because if they did in this country, they'd, by law they'd be considered drugs. And they'd have to go through the FDA. So the overwhelming majority of products that I'm talking about are cosmetics, which are really just intended to adorn the body. And the products themselves are blind items, right? The consumer doesn't understand the ingredient listing, not because they're not bright, but because most consumers don't have chemistry background. So they don't understand triethanolamine, isopropyl myristate, and and, you know, capricaprylic triglyceride. They, they see these words, and they, and they don't know what they are. So we have a blind item. We have a skincare manufacturers advocating for their shareholders, which is what a good business practice would do. We have media advocating for media, which is, makes sense for the media. And nobody's advocating for the consumer. So that's, I think, when the consumer realizes that these are cosmetics and that they can't really permanently change much, um, and they really they realize that to have healthy skin, they need to do those simple things in life we spoke about. And if they could be mindful of the influences that all these ads have on us to sell these cosmetics, we'd have a much more mindful consumer and uh, I think a happier consumer because ultimately they'd be happier with who they were. So that's my goal. In your book, you have a series of rules which are delightful. If if people haven't gotten how delightful you are from this conversation, yeah. well, you I, I just, well, bottom you. line, you are. So rule number four says the cost of a skincare product is not a measure of its effectiveness. Correct. Remember, I told you we test products in the office and there is no correlation between expensive products and how well it works. So some of the most inexpensive products are fantastic moisturizers, and some of the most expensive products I've tested, and I've tested products as high as $800 an ounce. Um, this is, uh, uh, you do the math, I mean, we're talking $4,800 a pound. Um, mm. And some of, some of these products, again, so there's no correlation between what you pay and how well it works. There is a correlation between how much you pay and, how the, and the packaging, the packaging, on, the higher the cost, usually, almost always, the packaging is usually a lot nicer. Um, but as far as as far as effectiveness of a product, you, you don't need to spend a, a lot of money on on effective skincare products. Um, so that's uh, that was one of the basic rules or fright based rules we call them. We, like you said, we have six of them. And to that point, 
we kind of go a, a little deeper and we find that there is a, a day cream and a night cream and an eye cream and a uh, oh, I, neck cream. There's, you know, a whole list of them. And you've done the research and they all end up being the same, right? Well, all those products are formulated like moisturizers. So a basic moisturizer, how well a moisturizer works, is um, the overwhelming majority have a similar formulation in that they contain, they're almost all water-based. They all contain several kinds of ingredients. One are called humectants that draw water into the skin. Glycerin is one. Hyaluronic acid is another humectant. We'll see those on the back of the bottle. Many of these products have occlusives in them. They are the products that create a film so water can't evaporate. So you have this basic formula for moisturizers. And the products you talk about, the eye creams, the night creams, the day creams, they are all fundamentally formulated like moisturizers. And how well they work really depends on how well they can hydrate the skin. I mean, we always joke about night creams. Those ingredients don't know the time of day, right? And I always say, if you work the night shift, do you need a day cream? I mean, the whole, the whole, the whole theory is pretty funny if you think about it. Or if you create a product in Australia and you put it on an airplane and you move it 12 hours away to New York or China and move it to New York, does it change its effectiveness, right? The whole premise of a night cream is funny. Those ingredients aren't any different than the ingredients in the day cream. There is no sunscreen in the night cream. That makes sense, right? Why would you apply a sunscreen filter to your face at night when you're going to sleep if you have dry skin? So that makes sense. Yes. And a lot of night creams are a little thicker. A lot of women don't want to put a thick moisturizer on their face in the morning because they're going to apply makeup and they don't want to be putting makeup on a, on an oilier or a greasier preparation. So a lot of night creams are, are thicker. Uh, we call them higher viscosity moisturizers to, to, um, because they don't need to put makeup on right over it. And they prefer the thickness of it. But aside from that, the actual ingredients uh, between a night cream and a day cream are pretty much the same. And they test the same. And if we want to have some really entertaining but informative reading, you you uh, show a regimen for a day and, and all the different steps. I mean, there's so many different steps. And you start Monday morning and you say, here we are at Wednesday night, and you're still not done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I kind of make a little fun. You know, me and my raw observations, I, when I first was exposed to these 10-step processes and I saw there was a, a cleanser, it was a water-based cleanser to wipe, wipe off the water-based products, follow up with an oil-based cleanser and and then a toner, and a, it went on and on and on and on. Thinking you're clearly using the wrong cleanser. I just don't know anybody who's got that kind of residue on their face. You know, they, these these companies they tout you need these ten step regimens. The first cleanser leaves a residue. Well, then you're using the wrong cleanser. Um, and and I've never I never run into anyone on the street and looked at them and said, hey, did you wipe off that residue? I mean, it's just it's funny, but it's just it's it's all marketing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so, I, again, I, I'm, I base my, my recommendations on what the research shows. Research isn't perfect. I'll say that. Science isn't perfect. But there is some. And, and life experience. I think we all know we don't need two or three different cleansers. It's just, it's, um, it's, it's just not necessary. It's similar to the shampoo. You ever get a shampoo bottle and it says, it says lather, rinse, repeat? Right. Oh, yes. The direction. Yes. Like, like, who does that? I mean, why would you repeat the shampoo process? Well, sort of uh, wanting to use the product up twice as fast. Right. And that's been my thought. It's like I, I'm frugal to that point. It's like, why do I need to do this again? I, my hair is clean, I think. So, yes. And and to the point of cleansers, you say that there's a very simple cleanser that we can use that is the, the effective for the majority of us. Well, cleansing is a very interesting uh, topic because it's a cultural topic. Now, I'm not talking about hand washing. There's a lot of science that shows washing your hands with food preparation 
when you use the facilities. There are a lot of health benefits to you hand-washing. The CDC, the World Health Organization, and there's plenty of science that shows hand-washing is beneficial. But I'm talking about just washing your face or sh- washing in the shower. Um, you know, sh- cleansers remove the dirt. They do. But they also remove the necessary lipids and proteins that your skin uses to maintain its hydration levels. The top 20 layers of skin are not functional. Uh, I'm sorry, they're very functional, but they're not living. And, and the lipids that are the fats that are wrapped around each of these cells and the proteins that are there that actually help us hydrate the skin, are a lot of them are washed away or damaged by cleansers. So this whole premise that we need to wash as much as we do and use all these cleansers is very cultural. There are, there are people on, on this planet who never wash. They don't have access to water. And their skin is just as healthy as anybody else's. So people always ask me about using a cleanser, in particular on the face. I have no science that shows using a cleanser on the face is beneficial. I have no science to show that whatsoever. Um, my common sense tells me if you're wearing a lot of makeup and it hasn't worn off at the end of the day, which mine usually does because it's usually water-based, um, and you go to bed at night and you put splash water on your face, which is what I do, and to wash off the remnant you know, makeup that I have, if you have a lot of oil-based makeup and you go to sleep, you're going to leave all that remnant on your pillow in your pillowcase, and you're going to have a lot of laundry to do. So if you don't want to do a lot of laundry, I would, it would behoove you to use a mild, mild soap-free cleanser. But there's no health benefit that I can find to washing your face with a cleanser. So and I guess what I was really kind of getting at is that water is all we really need to wash our face in most circumstances. Yes, if you have healthy skin. Again, I'm not talking, Kate, about people who have health issues. If they right. have inflammatory skin conditions and acne, talk to your dermatologist. A cleanser might be, be best for you. But what most women, most people with mature, healthy skin, walk, can wash with water. And I did. I did a study it was many years ago. I did a, we surveyed about 500 women, and about half only used water. And I'm one of them. I only, I only put water on my face. I, I'm a runner, so I wash in, in the morning. I shower after I, my run. I splash water on my face. Um, and at night before I go to bed, I do the same, water on my face. And I, I never use a cleanser on my face. I mean, almost never. And I have perfectly healthy skin. Um, so this whole, this whole, you know, narrative that we need all these products is, is it's, it's marketing. There's no medical reason or medical evidence that shows it's beneficial. Now, you may like them. You, you, again, you might find them preferable. I'm not saying not to use them, but you don't need them. And that's the, the point here as to what we need to function well, but below that, to feel good and feel, you know, that we are as wonderful as we are. And in fact, that's your rule number six that I think is just incredible. Share that with us, if you would. Well, I tell women to look in the mirror and to know how awesome they already are. And when they're feeling down, I always say, look in the mirror and say these four little words. Dear me, I'm awesome. Because what happens is we, with all this bombardment of marketing, we're made to feel inadequate. And I've just seen a lot of women in my office who are really accomplished and they are upset about a flaw that is so trivial. And I try to understand why. Um, And then when you see all this marketing, you understand why. If you can remind people that they're awesome the way they are, despite all these little trivial imperfections, the wrinkle is the biggest scapegoat, right? How, how much uh, time, energy, and money do we all spend on these quote-unquote anti-aging products, which, in my opinion, is the greatest marketing term on the planet? I don't know. I, I just try to encourage women to know how awesome they already are and not to define themselves by their looks but by who they are. 
Dr. Fry, you are just so truly awesome and incredible. And the fact that you're on this mission to educate us and to make us aware that we all have this within us just, you know, is makes my heart glow. So hearts can glow. Well, thank you. <laughs> you're welcome. Thank so you very much. I, I really appreciate it. And I hope uh, my hope is that women do realize how great they are, despite all these imperfections. And again, short of a good sunscreen and a healthy lifestyle, uh, spend your time, energy, and money on things that really matter. And, and you know what those are. I always say health matters and kindness matters and accomplishments matter. And again, none of those things comes in a tube or a jar. And to get more information and to, you know, to to look at the different surveys, I really think a visit to your website is just a great thing to do. And that website is? Yes, visit fryface.com. It's F-R-Y-F-A-C-E. Uh, and hopefully you can pick some nice uh, sunscreens there, moisturizer if you need one. And if you don't want to do so much laundry and you wear makeup and you need a cleanser, those are available as well. Um, and uh, we have a contact us if you have any questions. And um, I think that's it. A blog. You do have a blog there as well, which is good information. Oh, yeah, loaded with information. Thank you for reminding <laughs> me. Uh, the blog is called Fully Exposed. And it, again, it's just meant to educate. We write about something different just about every month. We put up a new, and I write them. I write the uh, the blog post myself uh, to inform people. Um, and we take suggestions. So if people want to have a particular topic that we haven't written about and they'd like to know, by all means, they can, uh, they can contact us on that uh, contact us page. Well, I love your writing. It's just so honest and forthright and gripping in its way because this, your book, The Skincare Hoax, is like that. It's a page turner because it's just so fascinating and informative. So, Dr. Fry, you are doing such wonderful work, and I appreciate that you've taken time with us this morning. Kate, thank you for having me, and uh, I really appreciate your time. That brings us to the end of a very full hour of Inspirational Women with Dr. Fane Fry and Sunday Morning Magazine with Mary Crescenzo. I'm Kate Daniels, your host, and I greatly appreciate your sharing this hour with me and these special guests. For details you might have missed or information you'd like to know, please just send me an email, kated at warm1069.com, and I will get right back to you. Also, if you'd like to listen again or share these important stories with your family and friends, find the podcast on our Warm 1069 webpage. Just click on the podcast tab, then either of the show names, and then look for the guest names. I now wish you and your family a day of being together and appreciating the very essence of each of you. Have a week of the same, and then please plan to join me again next weekend for another hour of Sunday Morning Magazine and Inspirational Women on Warm 106.9. Good morning.